So uh, a friend of mine, um, when I was, I guess, I think I was probably, I don't know, I think I was probably about 26 when I first uh, learned about a young man named Marcus. And Marcus was uh, this, this man who had grown up in, in Chicago. And he grew up in a really challenging space because he didn't have a father or a father figure growing up. And so um, he, you know, quickly got sucked into gangs and, you know, a lot of inner city life, I guess, would be the best way to put it. Um, he, and he lived in actually South Chicago. And the South Side of Chicago is the, one of the most, you know, notoriously violent places in the world. Uh, I went there for a youth group event once and our vans got stolen. And I found out firsthand that... They don't mind stealing vans from Wisconsin. That's what I figured out. But, uh, but, I met, but I met this guy, and he knew this guy named Marcus. And Marcus had grown up in all these crazy situations and, and just, I don't know, had, had got sucked into the gang life and was, you know, every single day doing more and more uh, bad things, I guess. You know, he, he, he had committed robberies. Um, he had, he had uh, you know, been involved in drug, tra- drug trafficking and, and lots of fights, very violent uh, person. And, and what happened is over, over a number of years, you know, it, it, he started out when he was about 12 years old and then 13, 14, 15. And then by the age of 22, you know, he was a pretty hard, hardcore person. And, and he ended up going to this church event, though, this, this church in Chicago, would do these big outreach events, and they would they would just do like you know uh, festivals. Essentially, they had this big tent popped up, and you can go out there, and they'd have like hot dogs and food, and just people were just loving on on Chicago. And he went out there, and you know he just was hanging out at the park playing basketball. I think saw this going on, walked over there, started uh, started talking to somebody, and he formed this relationship with this man, and they just started talking. And this man, um, you know. Um, Took, a, took an interest in, in Marcus, and over the course of the next um, few months, they spent time together, you know, every, every week or so, they would get breakfast together, and, and this, this man just kept engaging with Marcus and, and talking to him and pouring into him and buying him breakfast and, and started sharing um, his faith in Jesus with him and, and told Marcus, you know, Jesus can rescue you from the place that you're in. You know, and, and he told Marcus, hey, you might not have grown up with a father figure, but God the Father would love to come into your life and to be your father. And over time, Marcus came to a place of faith and made a decision to follow Jesus. And it was such a beautiful thing. And, and I think stories like that are amazing because isn't it amazing that events like our Love Red Bluff stuff, you know, we go out there and we hand out co- uh, candy and it might not seem like a super spiritual thing, but relationships can get formed in those spaces that lead to spiritual things and then people come to faith in Jesus. I think it's pretty, pretty amazing. So I want to read a passage of scripture here, and this is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11, and, and I want us to wrestle with a little bit about what I think the Holy Spirit is leading us to talk about, and then also about how it applies to our own lives for just a few minutes here. But this is what the Apostle Paul writes. He says, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, or spiritual gifts there, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. 
And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Did you all hear that? A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else. The one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So I wanted to spend a few minutes here um, before we jump into thinking about this, but is who is the Holy Spirit? You know, um, I, I had this sense again this morning that this is what the Holy Spirit wanted us to do a little bit today, um, was to talk about his spirit, because I think sometimes it's like we use the word Holy Spirit, or we, we think a little bit about the Holy Spirit, but we haven't fleshed out exactly who the Holy Spirit is. Uh, and so the more you grow in your faith in Jesus, I believe, the more that you engage in your faith, the more that you're going to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit, at least you should be. And one of the things about Christianity is that Christianity is most certainly a set of of ideas and theories and, and, and um, I guess, theology. It's, it's these things. That's totally true. It is. But it's not just that. It's also a relationship. How many of you ever heard that Christianity is a relationship or seen a bumper sticker that says something like that, right? And it is. There's, a, there's, a, there's some truth to that. That's one of the things that I really love is that my faith in Jesus is not abstract ideas. It actually is rooted in the reality that the creator of the universe actually has a desire to have a relationship with me, which if you really think about that, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? It's pretty amazing. And so who is the Holy Spirit? Just, there's just four things really quickly I want to just mention before we jump into this, but the, the Holy Spirit is God. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, oftentimes the way we talk about the Holy Spirit is with pronouns like it. And, and it's like, it was there, you know, maybe tomorrow morning you'll be thinking about the service and, oh, the Holy Spirit was, was active. It was totally with us. But the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a who. Amen? It is the Spirit of God, the third person of the triune God. And it's, it's um, you know, important that we realize that the Holy Spirit is a person so we can think about having fellowship and relationship with the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is God. Um, secondly, the Holy Spirit is the agent of redemption. What, uh, what Paul writes here in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 is he says that no one can confess that Jesus is Lord without who? The Holy Spirit, right? And so us being able to experience salvation is because of the work of the Holy Spirit, right? And I've grown up around Pentecostals and Charismatics my whole life, and I can tell you, and as a Charismatic, I can tell you some of the things that we really like are prophecy and healing and miraculous supernatural things. We get all geeked out about that. Is that not true? It's true. Like, yeah, yeah, so-and-so got prayed for and they got healed. Amen. And let me just tell you, one of the greatest miracles of all miracles is God breathing life into a dead heart. 
And so if you have experienced salvation, if you have come to know Jesus as Lord, you might feel like, man, I just don't have those crazy miraculous things. When I pray for people, because this is my story, I pray for people, they get sicker. You know? It's like, what is up with that? That might be you, and you're like, I just want God's power to come. I want those things. Let me just tell you right now, if you have experienced salvation, you have experienced a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a miracle that you, as a dead sinner, came to a place of salvation. That's what Paul says. So the Holy Spirit is the agent of redemption. We don't experience redemption apart from the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit is how we experience God's presence. I mean, when you talk about wanting to have God's presence with us, you know who you're inviting? The Holy Spirit. You were asking for the Holy Spirit to come. I I love what Paul says here. This just like, I will, this wrecks me every time I really think about it. Paul writes in Romans, he says, And this hope that we have will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to what? To fill our hearts with love. Love, not anger, not unforgiveness, not Facebook rants. He's filled our hearts with love. Love. He fills our hearts with love. And so when we talk about experiencing God's love, and I, I don't know if you've, had, if you've had that happen before, but I've had it happen a few times in my life where I am, I don't know, it almost feels like it's always to the point where it's, it's, it's where we're, we're on the edge of like, I don't know how much longer I can go. Anybody ever feel that way? I don't know how many more bad things can go on. And I'm like dry and weary and I just sit there and it's like when I take a moment to pause and to breathe and to really reflect on who God is and, and what this whole thing is about, it's like in those moments, I all of a sudden have a real genuine sense of God's love for me and for the world around me and it just, it's like, it just changes the game, doesn't it? it just, it's just refreshing and, and renews us and and helps it compel us to a place where we not only see that the Holy Spirit is how we experience God's presence, but the Holy Spirit empowers our communication of God's presence and love to the world around us, because that is why we exist. We exist in our mission, we say all the time here, is to know Jesus and to make Jesus known. So we want to deeply experience God's love, but if you really connect with God's mission, you want the world around us to experience God's love. Amen? Why is that? Because love is transformative. Love changes the dynamics of the world we live in. And we have to realize that. And so, you know, we live in this time right now where people, I think, are desperate to discover purpose and you know, they regularly are, you know, asking questions about why they exist. In fact, there's a lot of studies right now talking about a global mental health crisis right now amongst young people. And the studies are indicating that one of the major questions that young people have is, why do I exist? What is my purpose? And if you're like me, you would like to come along and gently remind them that it's not just for the purpose of posting TikTok videos. There's more to life. But on a real level, there's this, there's this question, and I don't think it's just young people. I think we all have this angst inside of us is we want to know why are we here? Why do we exist? Why, why are we living in Red Bluff? 
You know, are, are, we, are we here just to take up space? Are we here for a purpose? And, and this is one of the things that we have to realize is that the Holy Spirit enables us to discover our purpose. Think the Holy Spirit this morning might even, while we're praying, might even speak to your heart to, to indicate why you're here why you're a part of this church, why you're a part of whatever vocation you're in, whatever place of business you find yourself, whatever family situation you're in, the Holy Spirit may enable you to discover why you're in that situation. But not only that, I believe the Holy Spirit can help you to accomplish that purpose. Because I know that God has sometimes spoken to me and revealed to me like one of the reasons why I'm in a situation. And if you've ever had that happen, how many of you, by a show of hands, can say you feel so overwhelmed because there's no way you could ever carry that purpose out by yourself? Have you ever feel that way? Yeah. Yeah. I think of some, I mean, on a real level, can we just acknowledge that teachers, that's one of the things, I'm like, I was teasing a teacher recently. I was like, man, you guys make so much money. You guys have it made. You have all this time off, you know? And I was like, inside, I was like, those things are not true. We should pay teachers more money and they should have way more time off. It's crazy. Like, I couldn't imagine being a teacher in this world. So could you imagine, you know, having this purpose and this calling to love on kids and to educate them? Could you imagine having that and not having God's presence in your life? I mean, there's these things that God... God calls us to, he gives us these, these purposes and these ideas in our mind that we're called to do. And if we don't have God's help, we'll never, ever be able to do it. And that's why we need to have fellowship and relationship with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Spirit enables us to both discover our purpose and to carry that purpose out. So think about this, this gangbanger, Marcus. So Marcus is, is this, like, He's just in this really crazy um, life cycle where he's constantly getting, you know, getting um, focused on, on hurting people and, and you know, um, living in a way that's, that's leaning into the things of the world versus the things of the kingdom. And so he's selling drugs, he's doing drugs, he's drinking all the time, he's committing acts of violence. I mean, this guy was really rough. And it's really funny because he gets saved, though. Right, like he, he comes to a place of faith and then he starts attending church because that's what followers of Jesus are supposed to do. Can I say that again? Followers of Jesus are supposed to be a part of a church, not once a year, but on a regular community basis. Why? Because they need to be around the people of God, okay? That's just what the Bible says. So you can get mad at the Bible, right? So he starts going, he starts attending. And then he learns about serving, and he starts serving. And so he's, like, serving at this, at this, like, homeless outreach in Chicago. So Marcus is going, like, every Friday, and he's picking up groceries, and he's giving out to homeless people. And, and he's a little rough around the edges, right? And so he's working with all these church people. And these church people go up to the pastor, and they're like, listen, Marcus, really, he, somebody needs to talk to him. And they just didn't know his story, but they're like, someone needs to talk to him. He's using a lot of improper language. He's saying a lot of bad words. And so the pastor said, oh, yeah. Well, last week he was shooting people. So we're just trying to work on that right now, okay? We'll talk about cussing later on, right? And, but here's the thing about Marcus. Marcus has, had discovered he had discovered purpose. He started serving because his purpose before was to, was to join the work of the devil, to steal, kill, and destroy. 
But God had come and given him life. And so then he joined into this, this world of having purpose for the kingdom and started serving. And it's really, really beautiful. And, and that, that man, Marcus, discovered purpose. So here's the thing, though. You know, when it comes to each of us, we have to understand that together we have gifts of the Spirit. Everybody in this room has gifts of the Holy Spirit. You have gifts. God has actually gifted you with purpose. He's gifted you with abilities and talents and passions and all those different things that exist. And so I want you just to think about this. Why do you have those spiritual gifts? By the way, this is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. I mean, notice all the emphasis on, on you know, look at to one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the message of special knowledge to another great faith, to another person, they have the gift of healing. To another person, the power to perform. Do you see how this is? Like all these different people in the church community have different giftings, different passions, different abilities. And so in our room right now, just think about that. Do we all agree? Can we all agree that God is not a liar? I just want to make sure that in church, we can all agree that God is not a liar. Can we do that? If that's true, then you have spiritual gifts. You have spiritual gifts that God has given you for a purpose. And so the question is, are you using those spiritual gifts for the purposes of God? And this is what Paul says. Listen to this, okay? When we talk about why do we have spiritual gifts, this is what we see. We see in Scripture, we find out the number one reason, the first reason I should say, is to build up the church. Paul says the manifestation of the Spirit, spiritual gifts, is given to us so we can help each other out. We can build up the church, as other translations say. So we, we're given these spiritual gifts so we can help one another. How many of you came in this building today, and when you came in out of the, the rain, the first thing you smelled was donuts? Anybody? Yeah. I want to just go on record as saying whoever brought Donuts today and banana bread and things, there's a spiritual gift got to be there. Can we all agree? Like, I mean, amen? It's true, right? And so that's a spiritual gift or a smile or a hug or an encouraging word or perhaps you need prayer this morning and there's someone here who has the faith to pray for your healing. Those are all spiritual gifts that are at work. So Paul says, this is just what he says. He says, these spiritual gifts have been given to build up the church, the people. Not the building, the people. Because the church is the people, right? And then Paul says that we've been given spiritual gifts to have a healthy and whole church. He goes on to say, and we're going to follow this up next week, but the many parts make up one whole body. So here's the issue. Because I'm just going to be honest with you. Here's the issue, and I've been in church my whole life. I have been in church since I can remember. I have never been in a church where the majority of the church community is utilizing their spiritual gifts in these ways. It's always been a small group of people. It's always been that way. And pastors, we sit around tables just talking about y'all, just wondering what's wrong with you. <laughs> Why don't they serve? And I don't know. I mean, I, I, honestly, I think there's a lot of reasons because I think some of you, maybe, maybe it, it could be just that you've never discovered what your spiritual gift is. You don't even know. I, I, I felt that way before. Like, I don't have anything to offer. I can cast a fly rod real good, and that's about it. You know? Or, or, or maybe, you know, like, well, I'm a painter. How would I do that for Jesus? There's one thing we know from church history. It's this. 
all of the different things that God gifts us with, the passions and abilities we have, if we spend a little time thinking and praying, maybe even talking to some other people, we can discover how they fit into this beautiful mosaic that God has created called the church. We can find out how our passions and our giftings fit into it. And so some of you are really passionate about young people. There's ways for you to serve young people. Some of you are really passionate about, about serving in our community. We have ways for you to serve in the community. Some of you are really passionate about you know, music, and there's ways for you to serve in music. And, and if you're like not sure, let me just tell you what I like doing. This is what I love doing. I love sitting down and talking about these things. And we can pray together, and then we can totally discern that you are called to serve with kids' ministry every time. I just know it. I just sense it. And you're also called to tithe triple. I mean, on a serious level, though, like, I think that's how we discern sometimes if we don't know exactly what our spiritual gifts are. But, like, you guys, we, we have survived through the craziest two years, I think, of all of our lives. I, I can't think of a crazier thing. Can we all agree? Pretty crazy, right? I mean, this is our 9-11 event. You, you, some of you are around in 9-11. Remember when that happened? It was like the world turned upside down. We, we've survived. But the way for us to not only survive and to move to thriving and to be able to make a difference in our community is if everybody in this room recognizes these things and starts praying and asking how your gifts fits into the mosaic so that we can continue to know Jesus and make Jesus known. It's going to have to be all of us together. That's just how it's going to happen. Otherwise, we can't do it. And I, I'm not telling you that as a warning shot. I'm just telling you, this is the reality. Been in church for a while. Been doing this for a while. I've seen, I've seen churches, though, that do get on board with God's mission and they make a huge difference in the world that they are in. I'll end with this, and we can stand up together. Here's what's amazing about Marcus's story. And I met, I met Marcus. And I know his pastor. And when I hear this story, it's just, it just overwhelms me because I remember um, many times feeling like I don't have the right words and I don't know the right things for the situation that God's called me into. And I know that there's, there's, there's some of you in this room who, like, you get into situations that you, you know you're out of your element or you know that you're in over your head, right? You're like, I don't think I have the right words for this. And so Marcus is this gangbanger. He's, he's grown up in the worst environment. Okay, I've, been, I've done stuff in South, South Chicago. It's not a good, safe place. Um... And he grows up in that environment. He's every day being shaped by a, a world and a culture that is, that is encouraging that lifestyle. And then he comes to a place of faith in Jesus. How did that happen? Let me tell you. That day that that church had that outreach event, you know, they just set up some big tents and they were, you know, giving away hot dogs and they were having music playing and they were painting kids faces and they were blowing up balloons and all those other dumb things that are not so dumb because they create an environment where people can form relationships 
And this guy, who I think was something like 60-something years old, old white dude, pocket protector. See what level of dork I'm talking about? This, this old dude, white dude, just part of this inner city church, goes to that, go to that event, and he's got his pocket protector on, and, and this dude literally had, a, had the pens in it, and he had one of those little flip note pads, and he would write all his little notes on, and now some of you probably have it. I ain't judging you. Hey, quit doing that to Larry. <laughs> but he, he shows up, and he's just willing to serve. And so he, I think he was like handing out hot dogs, and this guy came, Marcus came and started talking to him. And, and so he just started talking to him. And, and somehow the Holy Spirit breathed on that relationship to take this inner city gangbanger named Marcus to connect with this old white dude wearing a pocket protector. It's amazing. And they started hanging out together. And that, that old guy led him to the Lord. And here's my point about that, is that in, in the natural world, it seems crazy. I mean, like when I heard this story and I found out about it, I was just like, oh my gosh, that's so crazy, you know? But that's why we need the Holy Spirit. That is why we need the Holy Spirit. Because the more that I, the more that I spend time praying and thinking about what is it that the Spirit has for us as a church, um, what I keep sensing is this idea that the Holy Spirit not to mention Jesus, is always going to point our church outward. Always. Like, we're not a club. We're not a club just to come here and sing some rah-rah songs and, you know, make ourselves feel the butterflies and goosebumps because they play the right musical chord. We are a place that comes and gathers to worship Jesus and to experience his presence, and to be filled up so that we can then, in turn, transition to the world around us to take the love that we've been so deeply impacted by and to give it away, and to give it away, and to give it away. So when I pray, and I have been praying, because I don't know how much longer we can keep going sometimes. It's just like, oh my gosh. We just get kicked in the face over and over again. Everybody's sick. Everybody's going through really challenging things. Can we just move on? This is what I keep sensing, is I keep sensing that God has placed us, a peculiar people, a community of people in this community for a purpose. And as long as we keep on being faithful to Jesus and keep on receiving his love and giving his love away to the world around us, everything's going to be okay. Amen? Everything's going to be okay. So I want to pray now. So we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. We thank you for your, your presence and your power. We thank you for your work. And when we pray for you to come and to be active right now, Lord. We are inviting you because we want you. We need you. We desire you. And so I want to pray right now for just, you know, everybody in this room. And, you know, if it's, if you're comfortable with this, I'd encourage you to close your eyes right now. 
And, you know, part of this is just about us positioning, you know, posturing ourselves to be able to receive from God and to hear from God. But I I just have a sense that there are more people in this room who are not just consumers, not just unwilling to serve. Like, that's not you. That's, that's people. There's a lot of people who just go to church to get, 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 get. But that's not you. I don't feel like that's who our community is. I think that there's a lot of you in this room right now who you just do not yet connect with your purpose. You have not yet heard or discovered what God is inviting you into. And so you come and you are a part of this church, but you just don't know where you fit in. And so I want to pray for you. I'm going to pray right now that the Holy Spirit would enable you to discover your place, your calling, your purpose, and your gifting right now. And so Holy Spirit, right now, for anybody that connects with that that statement, those ideas, who's just struggling to know and to identify where they are at, what part they play, would you right now, miraculously, supernaturally, would you reveal to them in their heart and in their mind perhaps with a, with a word or without a, with a vision, with a sense, with a suspicion, God. Right now, would you help them to identify those passions, those abilities, and those, those giftings that you have put in them, Lord? Speak to them right now, Lord. And just again, with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, I just, just, just for my own sake, is there just anybody, if you'd be, keep, you know, just keep focused on you, you don't have to look around, but is there anybody right now that just by a show of hands, you'd say, yeah, I just have a sense that God's given me a little bit of insight into that. I'm just curious. Is there anybody in the room that would say that they, okay, we've got a couple people. All right. And so just pray for more of that, Lord, right now. And this is the second thing that I I really feel like God wants us to just take a few moments for right now. Because I feel like there's a few people in this room that just really need to have some hope this morning. Like whatever situation you are in right now, you are, you are exhausted, you are overwhelmed, and you cannot continue to move forward where you're at right now. And I mean, it's like, I, I, this sense I have, it's like critical. Today is, is, the, is, a, is a very important day. And you have been, you have been pressing on, you've been trying to keep your head up, but you cannot do it anymore. And I'm going to ask you just to do something that's risky right now. It's going to take some courage. But one of the things I love about what I read in the Bible is that, you know, faith, being a faithful person, being a person who has faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Taking, taking risk is how we, we exercise faith. And so if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling exhausted, if you're feeling hopeless, I'm going to ask you right now just to do something really brave and just to put your hand up and to keep it up right now. Just to keep it up right now. Because we're going to have some people pray for you right now. Okay, so get your hand up. 
all right? And now I'm going to ask everybody else just to open your eyes, look around you, and if you see somebody next to you with their hand up, would you just lay your hand on their shoulder? Don't get weird, please. Just there's some, there's some right here, and there's some people over there too. And if you feel comfortable moving around, it's totally cool. We're just going to take a moment and just to pray. Somebody right here. Wayne's right here. Can somebody get along with Wayne too? Yeah, Thurman's got that. Okay. Is there anybody else that, that does not have somebody praying for them? Okay. So here's the deal. Jesus models this really beautiful prayer in what we call the Lord's Prayer, where he, he prays, you know, um, you know, may your kingdom come. And so for those of you that have your hand on someone's shoulder, would you just pray right now for the kingdom of God to come right now? Just, just pray, come Holy Spirit. We pray that the kingdom of God will come right now. Come Holy Spirit. We pray for hope right now in the name of Jesus. We pray for more hope than has ever been experienced by each of these people who have courageously express their need for more of you in the name of Jesus. We pray for an endless supply of encouragement in the name of Jesus right now. We pray that right now, Lord, you would come and you would bring all that is needed for these folks to be able to endure and to remain faithful for you and your kingdom. just want to be, we just want to express gratitude for what you're doing. Lord, we want to be a church that is deeply rooted in Jesus, deeply committed to the mission of God, deeply reliant on the power and presence of the Spirit, and deeply in love with Jesus. And so, Lord, as we transition from this space, Lord, and we, we begin to think more deeply about how you have wired us, how you have shaped us, and how you have gifted us, Lord, I pray that we would not just think about it, but we would become doers of these things, and that you would help us to explore and to talk about how we can carry this stuff out, God. I pray grace for everybody here. And again, I thank you for all that you're doing. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Folks, have a great week. I would encourage you to hang out, get to know somebody. We're going to turn the lights on a little bit here so you can 
hang out, and there are still donuts, and there's still coffee, I believe. So have a good week.